0: South, too, the peculiar institution was dwindling until after 1793 when Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin with the help of Catherine Littlefield Green, but that's another story. With a free labor pool, the planting of short staple cotton became enormously profitable, leading to a giant leap in the numbers of slaves. Other inventions also affected the economy and the way families lived their lives. Almost all Americans, 90%, worked on farms in 1790. But that was changing rapidly. Sam Slater's water-powered textile mill opened in Pawtucket, Rhode Island in 1793, essentially starting the Industrial Revolution in this country. It wouldn't take long before men and women no longer worked together at home manufacturing goods. Men went out to work, so did many single women. Married women, still burdened with onerous household duties, lost the help of the men and sometimes of their older daughters as well. These overworked Republican mothers also took on the task of raising virtuous citizens to rule the new republic. And that republic was ever expanding. From the first census in 1790 to the last census in this time frame in 1820, the population had more than doubled to more than nine and a half million. The center of population had moved from the Atlantic seaboard around Chestertown, Maryland, to what's now West Virginia. Over horrible roads and in dreadful conditions, the westward movement over those 30 years was about the same as it's been in the 30 years between 1970 and 2000. And as the country moved, bursting with basically unfettered capitalism, it was the women who realized some people were left out of this energetic expansion. So women set up the social service networks to protect the less fortunate. And as they came to understand the conditions of the poor— the women became reformers. The benevolent societies started in the early 19th century, turned in many cases into associations arguing for the abolition of slavery, and then, eventually, to expanding the suffrage. Women ever so slowly came to understand that they needed the power of the vote in order to achieve their social ends. How could it have taken so long? It's almost impossible for me to wrap my mind around the fact that my mother was born before women had the right to vote. And it's almost equally impossible for my daughter, despite her well-internalized indoctrination by her foremothers, to completely comprehend that I had graduated from college before employment discrimination against women was outlawed. And I am confident that my granddaughters will be amazed that their mother was a grown woman before America elected a female president. There are generations of women and their male champions to thank for those changes, starting with these ladies of liberty. Chapter I one, 1797 1797-1801, The Presidency of John and Abigail Adams For the first time, America mourned as one. On December 14, 1799, George Washington died. Of course, on that day, no stentorian-voiced anchorman broke into regular programming to announce the sudden and unexpected death. No dramatic stop-the-presses moment marked the passing of the father of the country. It took some time for the news from Mount Vernon, where Martha Washington had been keeping watch over her husband of almost 41 years, to reach the rest of the world. First, family and friends nearby, then the Congress, still meeting over Christmas in the temporary capital of Philadelphia, received the report of the unexpected loss of the 67-year-old man who had been leader since soon after the first shots of the revolution were fired, almost 25 years earlier. The official memorial service set by Congress for the day after Christmas drew what one Philadelphia woman estimated as 4,000 people, led by President John Adams and his lady, the indomitable Abigail Adams. Her husband's chief advisor, the First Lady, knew that this public display would help Adams politically, and she was nothing if not politically savvy. An important election was in the offing, or as Abigail Adams put it, a time for intrigue is approaching, and it couldn't hurt the embattled incumbent president to remind the voters of his ties to the Federalist fallen hero, of the fact that Adams had served loyally as vice president to President George Washington. Going